Welcome back to the Panthers Track Podcast. My name is Ellis Williams, and I'm chilling in the studio solo tonight. We were recording this on a strange and rainy Monday night from our Charlotte offices. Now I know how it feels to be Akon, right? In here solo. El Will's so lonely. He's Mr. Lonely. He has nobody to podcast with. Oh, so lonely. I'm sorry. I know y'all didn't come here to hear me sing. J.A. will be back next week. He has a very important message for y'all. You won't want to miss it. This week's show is going to focus on what I do and don't know about the possible starting quarterbacks for the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to have a dialogue with myself, which means perhaps I'll argue with this imaginary person across the way from me. Perhaps I'll look at the camera over here. We're still kind of figuring that out, right? Like, I don't know if this angle is the best when I'm solo, if y'all, if I should have it straight on. These are the things we'll iron out as, as we move forward. And for the most part, we're not going to have me in here solo much, but it's nice to do stuff like this. Uh, you know, who doesn't like hearing their own voice? And I hope you guys don't mind it as well. So like I said, we're going to do a segment called What I Know and What I Don't really what L knows and what he don't. Very original, right? And I want to break down exactly what I do and don't know about Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Darnold. After that, I'll ask you guys, our listeners, for some feedback on the directions you'd like to see this podcast, this show go as we head into the summer. And boom, we'll be done. I mean, it is Monday night, right? I have Raw to watch. I can't be here till the late, late evening. Monday Night Raw, that was, you know, it's, it's not going too well anyway. Brock Lesnar's back. Who's surprised? Uh, no surprises there, right? All right, let's get into it. Again, the segment, what L knows and what he don't about the possible starting quarterbacks for the Carolina Panthers. Of course, only one of the quarterbacks we're going to talk about today, Sam Darnold, is on the Panthers roster, which also includes rookie Matt Corral, who we'll touch on briefly, and P.J. Walker. But, of course, we've been writing about it. We've been talking about it all offseason. There is a chance that either Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo are acquired by the Carolina Panthers between now and training camp or before the season starts. So I think it's important to figure out, again, what we know and what we don't know about these guys. So let's start with Baker Mayfield. 27 years old, six foot one, 209 pounds, the important stuff here. I give you the important information. Former Heisman Trophy winner, a walk-on. At Texas Tech, he is a guy who has really carried that walk-on mantra throughout his career, right? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know if he walked on at Oklahoma or not. I, I should know that. I'm assuming he did, you know, because he just walks in anywhere. You know, he, he would he's the guy who could walk into a movie theater and, and without an assigned seat and say, Mr. Mayfield, um, uh, we need you to purchase your ticket uh, using the AMC A-list Movie stub app, please. Uh, uh, no, I'm 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 good. I'll just I'll just I'll just walk into the theater and find my seat. It's worked out before. Th that's the type of quarterback uh, Baker Mayfield has uh, carved out for himself. Except it's funny though. You know, you ha he has this walk on uh, mantra and swagger to him, and then you know you hear reports about him at the Senior Bowl, um, feeling like at times that there were spots he he didn't need to show himself completely because of his persona of Baker Mayfield. So I get it. We all need something to uh, humble us, to motivate us, that chip on our shoulder, you know, whether it's Michael Jordan making up quotes that, about players that said something to him or 
or I just got done reading uh, the Three Ring Circus, the biography on uh, the the Lakers, three championships in really um, eight years with Kobe Bryant, the the late great Kobe Bryant. Uh, and there were some great anecdotes in there by Jeff Perlin, the um, New York Times bestselling author, about Shaq making up quotes uh, about players who may have slighted him who never actually did. So uh, this is how it works, right? And I think that's one thing that has got Baker to the heights of his career and, and, and one thing that also has uh, rubbed teammates the wrong way. Continuing what I do and what I don't know about Baker Mayfield, just shared some things that I do know about him. More things I do know about him. He's 100% fully recovered from his surgery on January 19th that fully repaired his torn left labrum. He should be full go and ready for training camp. For a trade to happen, the Browns would have to pay a large chunk of Mayfield's fully guaranteed $18.86 million salary, possibly as much as half. The Panthers do not want to pay more than 4 or $5 million, which the Observer has been reporting consistently throughout this offseason which leaves about a 4 to $5 million divide between both parties. The higher the pick or picks Carolina is willing to part with, the more the Browns would be willing to pay. The problem with Carolina is they've already traded picks for middle-tier quarterbacks, quarterbacks that have gotten to this exact point. They traded three picks for Sam Darnold a year ago, and they traded a 2023 third-round pick to move up for Matt Corral this year. I don't see this team really being in the market or having much interest in emptying the cupboard some more for a quarterback that they remain unsure of. Here's something I don't know. Would he ever play another down for Cleveland? My gut tells me no chance. Reporting out of Cleveland, the great, the the GOAT, Mary Kay Cabot, has been reporting dating back to January that Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Cleveland Browns, and Baker Mayfield had just come to a divide that their relationship was beyond repair. Um, Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network followed that up, you know, recently in a report, something Mary Kay was reporting six months ago. And I think it's wise for Cleveland to wait until they know how long their new quarterback embattled quarterback Deshaun Watson how long he will be suspended for reports suggest that the NFL is seeking an indefinite suspension of at least one year. You follow that up with logic that that will likely be appealed and reduced to eight or 10 games regardless until Cleveland has a better idea of what level of suspension they're dealing with Deshaun Watson, who you know likely won't be available for that 2022 week one home opener here in Charlotte there's little reason for Cleveland to rush to trade Baker Mayfield right now. And, you know, I, I, I heard Josina Anderson as early as today on a, she was doing the rounds on some show mentioned that just her opinion, nothing she's reporting, but just her opinion that it would make sense for Baker to show up to Brown's training camp. If, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for eight, 10 games, maybe the year and be the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I don't see that happening. But she made a good point about how people have to come to work every day under unique, strange, challenging, marginal circumstances. I don't think it's accurate when people compare the work of an NFL player to the nine-to-five jobs of your regular person. But it works for this because you could see why it would be beneficial for both the Browns and Baker Mayfield to come together 
for whether it be eight, nine, ten games or the entire year, as he's better than Jacoby Brissett. And then it would help Baker Mayfield reshape, rework his image and become more attractive to other teams around the league. That's something I don't know. I don't know if that's a possibility. I didn't think there was a chance of it at first, but from just recent things I'm gathering, maybe maybe the Browns don't even trade Baker Mayfield. But that's that's why it's June, right? We're in this speculatory time of the NFL calendar. Um, more things I know. Are there more teams than just Carolina interested? Well, according to recent reports, yes, that team is Seattle. Uh, I wrote about it this morning, and it's been tweeted about all over the great Twitter sphere that the Seahawks who roster Geno Smith and Drew Luck are still highly interested in acquiring Baker Mayfield, despite, you know, at times Pete Carroll this offseason saying they're comfortable with their quarterback room. There's just no way that can be true. One could say the same thing for Carolina's situation. You know, what truly is the difference between Geno Smith and Drew Luck or Sam Darnold and Matt Corral? That might upset some folk, but they're like just go look at the the neck the new Madden ratings coming out right like there's no way that this these quarterback rooms if you add up both those all four of those players overalls uh, the they're probably going to be about the same ballpark between how the ratings of the Carolina's quarterback room and and what Seattle has what Seattle doesn't have though is uh, hope and that's Matt Corral who has that rookie mystery upside factor that all fan bases love to cling on to and I don't blame them I mean there's a reason that they traded up for him there's a reason that you know, offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo seems high on him. There's a lot to like about Matt Corral, uh, but it doesn't change the the reality that it still is unknown. And when you're comparing Seattle and Carolina's quarterback situation, there's a whole lot of unknown. Now, would it, would it make sense for a team to extend Mayfield? This is another thing I don't know. I'm not sure. First, Mayfield would have to agree to th- that extension in which he could be leaving money on the table because if he performs well in 2022, but signs a contract before playing a snap that could lessen his potential earnings in later years because he agreed to something before uh, proving that he was more of that 2020 Baker Mayfield, which we'll get to later when we start breaking down resumes. The team would also have to want to do that. And I'm not sure a a team like Carolina would want to be pot committed to another unknown product and commodity for future seasons yet again. It's exactly what they did with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, they acquired him, and before he even threw a snap, or excuse me, took a snap, threw a ball, uh, they picked up his fifth-year option, and, and now here we are. That's why we're in this exact situation, t- talking about this exact situation. That's why the Panthers are in that situation. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if a team would be interested, willing, if it would be beneficial to extend Baker Mayfield. That's something I, I need to have more conversations about with with people around this league and, and, and figure out um, – considering we probably have some time before a trade happens if it ever does. Okay, moving on to Jimmy Garoppolo. What we do know, 31 years old, 6 foot 2, 225 pounds and not even that good looking. I need like some sound effects. I think I'm hilarious in here and no one's laughing. I can't believe it. Um, he had off-season shoulder surgery to his throwing arm unlike Baker Mayfield who had his left shoulder repaired, different surgery but also different shoulders. Um, 
that that's the first cause of concern for a guy who already misses a lot of games. He's missed 35 in his five years with San Francisco. That averages out to seven a year, but really they were huge chunks of three different seasons or he was fully available. So in 2018, he tore the ACL in his left knee, missed about 10, 12 games there. And then in 2020, he battled ankle injuries, which also accounted for eight to nine misses. Uh, those are the two chunk ones. He also has some games here and there um, in the 2019 season, or excuse me, in the in the 2017 season where he's not available, uh, just for a variety of reasons. And and his durability, his availability ha- have really come into question. I know there's people inside that Panthers building who fear that bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo would ensure them very little. That that if he's hurt, you're just right back to where you're at. And why are you then? Uh, committing money to a guy who's not going to be available. I understand it. The, the argument against Jimmy G is all rooted in health. That is something Elwell does know. And again, that argument can't be made to Baker Mayfield, who, yes, has had offseason shoulder surgery, but like I said, it's on his non-throwing shoulder. Baker has played in every game that he's been available for. Uh, he only missed two games this past year because the Browns were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. The team shut him down. He thought it was best for himself to start focusing on the offseason and repairing that shoulder. So when Baker's available, he plays. There's no question about that. Uh, One thing about Jimmy Garoppolo also that, though something I do know but leads us to more unknown, is that even if his arm is accurate by reports of being able to throw, like he's medically cleared to throw, that does not mean he will be a at full strength or completely conditioned. I I highly doubt it. So what kind of arm are you getting when you acquire Jimmy Garoppolo? That's more of the unknown. Here's what cannot be questioned. Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. He was a fourth quarter deep completion away for beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in 2019. He nearly beat the 49ers excuse me, nearly beat the Rams last year when the 49ers lost by only three points. They were leading the entire game. Now, one could say that's on Jimmy and the Niners' offense for not scoring a point in the fourth quarter. That's fair. The 49ers also didn't score an offensive touchdown the week before that in Lambeau when they beat the number one seed Green Bay Packers and the back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure what that says. This league is goofy. (laughs) A little bit more on that later. Uh, Don't forget... Jimmy Garoppolo is a two-time Super Bowl winning teammate of quarterback Tom Brady. Those years that he was in New England uh, playing for the Patriots. Something, nothing, or everything. It'll matter when we count rings and all this stuff at the end of Jimmy Garoppolo's career, maybe. But uh, right now it doesn't. Let's shift gears to Sam Darnold. Less here because we kind of know what we need to know about Sam, right? So what we do know, age 25, interesting nugget on his age. You guys have heard the uh, youth part of Sam Darnold's resume his entire career, but I think it's interesting now how it ties into the Panthers who were studying this quarterback class very closely. Sam Darnold, age 25, Kenny Pickett, the first and only quarterback selected in the first round this year's draft, is 24 years old. Matt Corral, who the Panthers spent a third-round pick on and – roster and share a quarterback shares a quarterback room with Sam Darnold is 23 years old I don't think it really matters quarterbacks are playing until they're 50 now just look at Tom Brady and I understand you could say he's an exception but this is going to keep happening um these athletic primes are being stretched look at Steph Curry 
uh, LeBron James, you know, Drew Brees played up until his 40s. This is Russell Wilson has no plans of shutting anything down anytime soon. These quarterbacks are going to play for a long, long time. So I really don't think their age matters. It, it is just interesting. And, you know, Sam Darnold going into his fifth year at 25, and you have Kenny Pickett, a rookie in Pittsburgh, and Matt Corral, also a, a rookie here in Carolina. Sam Darnold, 6'3", 225 pounds, three miserable years in New York before coming to Carolina where general manager Scott Fitterer promised to support and protect Sam, which didn't happen. He was beat up this year, uh, some to his own fault, holding onto the ball too long, running around, taking hits he didn't need to. But also the Panthers just didn't put that offensive line around him that they envisioned, that they hoped. Um, the Panthers had plans to acquire a left tackle and that never materialized. They signed some interior guys that were never going to be sustainable starters in this league. Anyway, it, it just their plan at offensive line didn't work out last year, and Sam paid the price for that. So he wasn't supported in New York. He wasn't supported in Carolina. And what I do know is excuses have been made for him at every stop of his career. Is that fair? Is it justified? Sometimes. We don't know what's Sam's fault and what is team's fault. But what we do know about the quarterback position is that it should be the ultimate. They should be the ultimate problem solvers. The quarterback should have the answers for when everything goes wrong. For when the test you prepared for isn't the one the defense gives you a quarterback corrects that Lamar Jackson corrects that Joe Burrow corrects that Tom Brady finds a way to correct that whether it's with your athleticism your playmaking or your decision making or a combination usually of all three you find a way to correct those problems ironically the Panthers are entertaining two other quarterbacks in Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo who have succeeded when everything around them is close or near to perfect. The Browns have one of the best offensive lines in football, a plethora of weapons, two dynamic running backs, multiple tight ends at one point, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. And the 49ers are the 49ers, right? The genius play designer that is Kyle Shanahan, a fierce defense. These are some of the best rosters in the league, and their quarterbacks – played to the best of their ability while being surrounded by a lot of blue chip talent. Sam Darnold hasn't had that opportunity. Maybe he would put up better numbers or Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo like numbers if he were the one playing in San Francisco or he were the one playing in Cleveland in 2020. But he wasn't. His situations have been what they are, and he has really struggled everywhere he's been. Those excuses whether justified or not, don't change the reality. More things we do know, things that cannot be measured but are seen and felt. He's not a natural cultivator of confidence. That that California cool doesn't give off uh, I'm going to rip this defense apart vibes. There's no question he wants to win, but do teammates feel inspired playing for him? I will speak for the... 12 games that I covered him here for. I did not see that. You probably don't trade him out of New York if he's not doing that there either. What I do know, he played well during OTAs in minicamp. Also what I do know, fans don't want to hear that. 
He'll probably look fine at training camp too. Prepare for that, Panthers fans. But until it's happening consistently on Sundays, no one is going to believe in Darnold. I think that's the real dilemma Carolina has here. Optics, belief, faith, confidence, all things that cannot be measured via GPS tracking, box scores, or weightlifting. Instead, it's all variables. The magic. Quarterbacks, like star basketball players, the magic they bring to a team that, like a human brain, regulates chemistry and balances everything out. Sam faces an uphill battle in regaining the fire it takes to lead a professional franchise. Let's go to their resumes real quick. I thought this was an interesting exercise just to get everything in front of me. Uh, Let's start with their quarterback win-loss records. Jimmy Garoppolo wins this one with a career record of 33 wins, 14 losses. Baker Mayfield, a near 500 quarterback, 29 wins, 30 losses. Sam Darnold, like he will in a lot of these, comes in third, and literally all of them now that I'm glancing at this uh, wannabe Excel sheet a little better. Sam Darnold comes in last, 17 wins, 32 losses. Touchdown to interception ratio. Baker Mayfield wins this. In the 2020 season, he threw 26 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. Uh, Really was efficient with the way he not only delivered the football, but exploited defenses and took big plays and didn't put the ball into harm's way, Uh, which was a complete uh, 180 from the year he had in 2019 playing for Freddie Kitchens in his Frankenstein offense where he threw 22 touchdowns but 21 interceptions. I mean – it's pretty remarkable to, you know, cut your interceptions more and more than in half, increase your touchdown production, and lead the Browns to their first playoff victory since 1993. It, 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 I was there for it. it. It was a special season, masqueraded by a new Kevin Stefanski offense, one that teams hadn't had a chance to study for, and Baker was healthy. That's that's really what it comes down to. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's had similar. Touchdown interception ratio seasons in 2019, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 2021, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, whatever. You you know what you're getting. A little too many turnovers there. He has some just knucklehead throws sometimes um, where you're like, what what the heck was that? But, uh, again, uh, for the most part, he protects the football well. Darnold, his best year, 2019, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and then back-to-back seasons he's had more interceptions than touchdowns. In 2020 and 2021, he threw nine touchdowns each time. In 2021, 13 interceptions. 2020, 11 interceptions. Yardage. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019 threw for nearly 4,000 yards, 3,978. Baker Mayfield in 2019 threw with Freddie Kitchens, high octane, a lot of pass attempts, threw for 3,827 yards. Both these guys can be 4,000 yard a season throwers. Uh, playing a full 17-game schedule and being in the right situation. Sam Darnold's best year, 2019, 3,024 yards. Completion percentage. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, destroys both Darnold and Baker here. In 2019, he completed 69.1% of his passes. In 2020, 68.3. Baker Mayfield's best completion percentage season came in 2018, actually, his rookie year when he set the rookie touchdown Passing record of with twenty eight or excuse me twenty seven touchdowns. Justin Herbert later broke that, but in twenty eighteen 
Baker Mayfield completed 63.8% of his passes. 2020, 62.8. Last year, 60.5. You'd like to see that be higher, but you know you can live with 63%, 64% completion in this league as long as you're not turning the football over. It means you're striking on some big plays and and, and pay, making the defense pay even in those moments where, where you miss ones you should. Uh, QBR, Baker takes that. In 2020, he had a 65.5 QBR rating. Sam Darnold has never had higher than 45. In 2019, Jimmy Garoppolo had a 60.6 QBR. Yards per attempt. This one surprised me. Jimmy Garoppolo, 8.3 yards per attempt in 2019, I believe that would be from. Uh, Sam Darnold's never had over 7 yards per attempt, and Baker Mayfield 7.7 yards per attempt in 2020. Baker and Sam Darnold have had a lot of different offensive coordinators. Each have had five in their five years. Baker will be coming up on his fifth once he gets onto a new team. Uh, Darnold's already at five, including three in the past six months with Joe Brady, Jeff Nixon, and now Ben McAdoo. Jim Grapple's really only had Kyle Shanahan. I didn't dig too deeply into if there's been offensive coordinators in and out of that place. Um, I know Mike McDaniels is now gone, of course, but you know for the most part, that's that's – Kyle Shanahan's system. We all know that. Uh, fourth quarter comebacks. Six for Baker, three for Sam Darnold, ten for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the resume. I, I think it's important to point out the win-loss. I think touchdown to interception ratio is huge. Completion percentage, QBR, yards per attempt. These are all things that when you when I get a box score after a game, that, that's where my eyes go. I think those are the winning stats in quarterback play, you can find, you know, other things. And I, I understand that everyone has the, the stats they go to. I didn't dig into EPA and really get nerdy with y'all on this podcast, even though I'm sure some of y'all would appreciate it. Um, perhaps we'll go down there at some point. But um, for surface-level stuff that I still think give you enough detail, those are the those are the stats I look at. And, and to me, that they all scream Baker Mayfield. And combining that with how I opened this podcast and talked about at the top of their injury history, you combined availability, injury history and resume. And I think, I think it's, it's rather clear that Baker Mayfield is the best option for the Carolina Panthers. If they want to win as many games as possible this upcoming season. So that's how I want to transition into the framework of why I think Baker Mayfield is the guy for this job. Again, their Panthers options are Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo. We didn't talk much about rookie Matt Corral because the reality is he'd have to set Warford College at training camp, Panthers training camp for him to start week one. He'd have to set the place on fire, man. He'd have to just have an incredible camp. Is it possible? Sure. Unlikely? Yes. Will he even get the reps and the opportunity? Probably not. So I just I just think it's very unlikely he starts week one. Will he get a chance at some point this year? Heck yeah, he will. They're going to plug him in at some point. Now, if it's because of injury, then that means this team probably won't be Jimmy Garoppolo. If it's because of performance, well, then something else happened. But Matt Corral is going to get his chance eventually. Again, this morning I wrote about why the Panthers should trade for Baker Mayfield sooner rather than later. Some of y'all didn't like that, and I understood why. Mayfield makes the Panthers better, but still far from Super Bowl contenders. The reality is, 
few quarterbacks are Super Bowl contenders. Check this out. About to get you a little nerdy stat of the day here, right? No, it's, it's a really obvious one, stuff you guys have heard before. But since 2004, the Super Bowl has been won by either Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, or now Matthew Stafford. Only Nick Foles and Joe Flacco snuck in Super Bowl wind under those Hall of Famers. Watch. I said 2014. That excludes Trent Dilfer, but shout out Trent Dilfer uh, for, you know, holding it down for that badass Ravens club. And I would have been in third grade when that happened, so I'm not going to act like I know you or ever watched you. But for some of the old heads out there, it's like, what about Trent Dilfer? Well, okay, there I mentioned him. Um, Winning the ultimate prize often takes finding a generational quarterback talent. Those names above are Hall of Famers, but there are also a new class of quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, maybe Kyler Murray, who if your team has that guy, you think you can win it. It'll take the next five years or so to prove that, but chances are one, two, maybe three of those guys get a ring soon. Again, proving it takes finding that generational talent to win it all which neither Mayfield, Darnold, or Garoppolo are. But Wade Ellis, Jimmy G has played in a Super Bowl in an NFC Championship, correct, and still his team traded multiple first-round picks for a rookie who they considered an upgrade at the position. Like general manager Scott Fitterer has said multiple times, when a guy becomes available, it's important to ask yourself, why is this player available? Simple concept, but I think it's brilliant. However, we have to be accurate with the goalposts. What is said team trying to accomplish? Because making the playoffs comes with a much lower bar to clear. Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts both started playoff games last season. In twenty excuse me, in twenty twenty one, Mitchell Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, and Jared Goff also started in playoff games. And as I already said, the 49ers reach an NFC championship with Garoppolo and a Super Bowl. This regime has no interest in blowing it up and starting over. This is not the Sashi Brown Browns of the mid-2010s or the 2019 tank for Tua Dolphins, which, by the way, how'd that work out? I mean, I know it's been talked about plenty, but you still got your guy, and it should have been Justin Herbert the whole time. So, you know, we, we like to crown these quarterbacks before they even get in here or tank for a certain guy. Instead, perhaps, maybe the best way is to win football games, build a culture, and land the quarterback eventually. It doesn't take the number one pick to do all that. Those quarterbacks I named above, only Mannings, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, and Kyler Murray were number one picks. Build the roster. Cultivate a winning culture. Find the quarterback. Losing is for losers. And it costs coaches and executives their jobs. Everyone on Main Street knows that the block is hot for them. Those seats are cooking. They're going to show up to work every day to win. So if Baker or Jimmy G increase their win total by even just one or two games, then it's male practice not to acquire the better option. Then maybe, just maybe, Matt Corral is the saving grace in all this. They'll find out eventually, regardless of win totals, this team is probably back in the quarterback market next offseason anyway. So Eggheads tweeting about C.J. Stroud. Brilliant insight. Glad you got that off. 
know what you should do next? Apply for an internship with the Panthers. Work your way up from coffee runner to GM. Then in 2042, if you still have a job after securing the worst record in football with the roster that you built, select the projected number one quarterback. I'm sure the Super Bowl will only be three to five years away. Egghead Super Bowl Parade of 2046. Book it. Get ready, Uptown. <laughs> I love Twitter. I'm just playing with y'all. I'm giving y'all a hard time. Some of y'all I really like on Twitter. Others, well, I really love the rest of you too, which is a great segue to what I want this podcast to have more of, and that is interaction with y'all, the listeners. This doesn't need to be a football-only podcast. I love to talk about pop culture, the NBA, movies, TV. I just finished Obi-Wan. Can anyone listening relate? Is Darth Vader becoming overrated? That's such a 2020 statement. Like, is Darth Vader even that cold? Is he even that dark? <laughs> what about Stranger Things? Eleven remains cold with it. But I miss the kids all hanging out together, right? I saw Lightyear in theaters last week. Kind of fun. Jurassic Park Dominion. Meh. It's alright. See it on the biggest screen possible or don't go at all. You're not missing much. Same goes for Top Gun Maverick in terms of see it on the biggest screen possible. But that movie you should get to. It rocked. We got Tom Cruise sprinting for his life. And it wasn't even a Mission Impossible movie. Instead, it was half Lightyear and half Mission Impossible. I'll end there. Go see it if you haven't, even though based on box office sales, I'm sure most of you and your mom and your dad and your grandpas and your kids all went to see it over the holiday weekend. You know what else? You know what else rocked other than just Top Gun? The Warriors. The Warriors rock. All glory to Steph Curry. I'll never forget watching the 2009 NBA draft on a summer night in Minnesota. The Wolves picked two point guards, Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flint. And the entire time, my friends, when that second pick came up and that eventually became Johnny Flint, we were all screaming for Steph Curry. I will never forget it. The chance of Steph, 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 Steph. Remember, we were, you know, it was 2009. I was going into ninth grade. Whew, man. If it was that obvious to a group of kids and for everyone else everywhere, I, I understand. I, I'm not like we were some savants in the basement of, of a Hastings Middle School, Hastings, Minnesota home. Everyone knew that Steph was at least going to be a baller in this league, a playmaker. No one saw this, but, I mean, Johnny Flynn, who had one Big East run, how did this happen? How did the Wolves blow that? Con! That's a Bill Simmons joke, but it always hits home. I, not that I even know anything about Star Trek other than the, the In the Darkness trailer is one of the best trailers I've ever seen. What would you not do for your family? It's something like that. But <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, it, it's one of those moments I'll never forget. And credit to the Golden State Warriors. This was a really fun NBA run. NBA Finals run, NBA playoff run. Uh, I missed the league already. It, there's nothing like the NBA. Uh, I'm glad I don't cover it. I have a ton of respect for everybody who who, who does. Uh, some friends and you know colleagues, of course, here at the Observer who do an incredible job covering this league. Man, we could talk about the Hornets for a minute. It's just a fun league to talk about. So that that's my point. I would love for this podcast to include some other things outside of football. The world's bigger than just ball, right? We can talk ball all you want. I mean. For anyone watching, we got a like a screen here that like a screen. It, it's literally a TV screen. I could put up some plays there, man. We could start designing routes. We could really get in the lab here, man. Really start cooking, or we can just you know hit our points on the Panthers, answer your questions, and then and then talk about 
you know, what Thor Love and Thunder is going to be like, man. Like, that's where, that's where my mind goes to sometimes. I want to I wanna make this uh, the experience y'all want it to be. So if once I was done talking about um, L. Will's what he know, what he don't, and once the quarterback talk was done and you turned it off or you're sick of hearing any of this, maybe you turned this podcast off the moment I, I started singing. Maybe I'm, our editor will, will cut that out and no one will ever see it. We'll, we'll see. Um, see it. They'll never hear it. Um, but regardless, I just want this to be free falling, man. I want this to be fun. Um, sports are too joyful. This opportunity I have is too, again, fruitful and pleasurable and fulfilling not to try to bring as much fun to it as I possibly can. And that's something I want to start doing. I'm not exactly sure how this podcast will look or sound in the coming months, but we will keep the sound superb, the information A1, and come training camp and through the season, we will keep the schedule consistent. I promise you that. For now, you'll hear Jonathan and I together again next week. Then after that, I'm hoping to grab a little vacation time since it's been a minute since I've disappeared on y'all for a while. This has been fun. There could be breaking news at any second involving these Carolina Panthers. So even if I do take a little bit of time off, I know I'm not, I won't truly, truly be off. But are any of us now, we got these iPhones in our pockets that we're always connected. For those of you that can untap, uh, good for y'all. I'm happy for y'all. We all need that sometimes. This has been fun, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, I'm Ellis Williams signing off of the Panthers Tracks podcast. Much love and take care, y'all.